morning, guys. Good morning. It's going to be a good day. Sunny outside. Feels good outside. It's kind of humid, but that's okay. So it's going to be a good day. I believe that God has big plans for us this morning. If you don't know me, my name's Ricky, and I'm the pastor, I guess. But if you want to know more information about me or our church, I'll be back there at the end of the service, and you can hit me up, and we'll have a good time. Also out there, it says next steps next to it. There's like four chalkboards. And on those four chalkboards, you will see one that says worship, children's, hospitality, outreach. outreach. Yeah, that's it. And so we want you guys to be involved with us. We want you guys to be a part of what we're doing. So if you're interested in getting involved in one of those areas, we want you to be able to do that. So out there is also an iPad, and on that iPad is a place for you to put your name and your number, okay? And once you put your name and your number there, we will contact you, and we'll set up coffee, and we'll buy you coffee. You don't even got to pay for it. And we'll set up a time to have coffee with you just to get to know you a little bit. Because we want to know you before we place you. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to place you and then magically get to know you. See, service is not about what God is about. But when you have an overflow of Jesus, serving comes from that. So I just don't want you to do work here. I want to know you personally. Or one of the people in charge of that ministry wants to know you personally. And we want to get to know you and see what you enjoy and see where you enjoy serving. Like we do movie nights once a month, okay? We had like 350 people come to the last one. Why would we bring 350 people? Okay, well, we share the gospel, we have conversations, and we just get to love people really well by loving our community really well. So, but we have to have set up for that. So if you're like, man, I could go and set up a movie screen and talk to people, then we want you to get involved there. That's the easiest job in the world, right? You come, you help them set up a movie screen, then you just hang out and watch a movie. But we want you to be a part of that. Or if you're like, man, I love kids. I love kids. Well, our children's director would love to have you serve with our smaller kids or our bigger kids. We'll go through the formalities of like background checks and get to know you a little bit. We'd love for you to do that. Or if you're like, I have a killer voice and I sound really good. If you're like me and you say that to yourself in the morning, like after you get out of the shower, you're like, man, I could probably move to Nashville. <laughs> or I could sing in my church worship band. If you're like, man, yeah, I, I can sing. I would love to sing. Then Corey would love to talk to you about that. He'll tell you if you can sing. I told him he could sing. I was really scared at the beginning. He was like, I might be able to sing. I might not be able to sing. And I was like, well, my wife can tell you if you can. Because she tells me all the time. She's like, you suck. <laughs> don't, don't be trying to move us in that. You're not good. I'm still yet to sing in my own church's worship band. I'm the pastor. And I can't get in there. That tells you something. But you might have a beautiful voice. We want you to serve in that way. So there's an iPad out there. Like I said, you can get involved that way. Don't forget BBS is this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. If you have some kids and you want to bring them. Now, our BBS is going to be a little bit different than what you're used to. We're just going to have some fun with some kids, okay? We're just going to have some fun with some kids. I'm not, we're not going to set up this big time where we have this big invitation where kids come to know Jesus. We're going to share the gospel with them. But we want the parents to be discipling them and be walking through the scripture with them. Because I can't do it. Just if I say, hey, you want to accept Jesus? And they accept Jesus. And then I'm like, okay, see you later. How cool is that of me? That's awful. So VBS, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We want you to get involved there. We want you to be there. We want you to have a great time. So like I said, today's going to be a good day. I'm excited you guys are here. Most of you, if you were here last week, you got a little key. It's called a giving key. And on that key, it says loved. Okay? And Taylor told a story at the beginning about how he gave his away this week. See, next week you come back and you're going to get a giving key. They're not here today because I forgot them. Because my pan wasn't working right. 
So they're in my van. But hey, I might have done that on purpose too, just to get you to come back next week. So come back next week, grab one of those giving keys, take those out and share that with somebody. Just go up to them and be like, hey, you're loved. You know what I mean? Or just be like, hey, this week this happened to me, like straight up. This is what happened. I was sitting at a coffee shop. Okay, and I always sit on this window seal because it has this thing I can put my back against and it's really comfortable. So everybody basically knows that's my seat. So I'm sitting there, it's in the middle of two other seats, right? And they have this whole coffee shop and it's free. No seats, I mean seats everywhere. And this one guy comes up and sits right next to me. Now I have done this to people at the movies because I wanna have conversations with them. So I just got a taste of my own medicine. And I was pumped. I was like, he sat next to me. I didn't even have to go up to him. He's giving me permission to speak to him. So he comes up and sits right next to me and he puts on his headphones. And I'm like, hey, since we're going to be mates, can I know your name and you know my name? We talked for a few minutes. And then he, I can tell you, you want me to shut up. So I was like, okay, well, I'll talk to you in a few. <laughs> and I went back to working on the Bible or whatever. And uh, I was getting ready to leave. And I was like, okay, I got this key. So I took my key out. The guy's name was Dan. Okay. So I said, hey, Dan, how are you? He's like, good. And I was like, well, my name's Ricky again. I forgot to tell you. I told you last time, but I wanted to reintroduce myself. And I wanted to give you one of these keys. And I gave him the key, and he just sat it on the table, and then he said nothing else to me. Was that successful or unsuccessful? You're probably thinking it was unsuccessful. But if you're like me, and you're like, he took the key. An optimist, right? I'm like, this dude knows he's loved now. I told him he was loved and I gave him the key. That was a success, right? And then the next day, I took another key, even though I'm supposed to have one. But I got another one out of the bag. And I seen the lady working at the coffee shop. And I was like, hey, what's your name? And I don't remember her name. And uh, <laughs> it was Lila. And I was like, Lila, how are you? And she was like, good. And I was like, hey, Lila, I have this key for you. Uh, I used to be a drug dealer, and like I, nobody ever told me I, that they loved me, and like I was really just felt like awful all the time. So our church got these keys, and we're doing this series called Keys, Keys to Living a Victorious Life. I was like, hey, would you, would you take this key? I was like, it's free. I just want you to know that you're loved, and it says loved on it. And that one was really good. She was like, oh, thank you so much. You know, she was like, thank you. And I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. I gave away that key. Got it out. Next week, you're going to get a key where you can do the same thing. Now you're like, Ricky. You had really bad experiences, and they seemed kind of intimidating. But they weren't. He didn't kill me. I felt like that was ex- – I left the coffee shop alive. Maybe a little bit more awkward, but that's okay. I still love that conversation. You can have conversations like that. See, sometimes we think projections are rejections when they're not really rejections. Now, you guys are like, Ricky, why are you telling us these stories? Are you just bragging on yourself? No. I do do that, but no, not right now. Right now, I'm doing this because that's setting up the sermon, because we're going to jump into Joshua chapter 4, okay? Joshua chapter 4, and we're going to start at verse 1, and then I'm going to explain what I'm talking about up here. So Joshua chapter 4, starting in verse 1. It's not on the screen, I'm sorry. Jose, you're fired. (laughs) And it says, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe. And tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan from right where the priest stood and to carry them over, the, over with you and put them down at a place where you stay tonight. <laughs> this is from last week. This is from two weeks ago. Get that off there, Jose. Come on. You're messing us up. <laughs> okay, let me reread that. 
that sense. I got interrupted. Uh, it says, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priest stood, and to carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. Okay, so let me give you kind of a recap where these verses are actually from. So what was going on is the Israelites had just come out of the wilderness. Moses had passed away. And Joshua was raised up to lead the Israelites. And God told Joshua, hey, follow the priests across the Jordan River. Now the Jordan River was at flood stage. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. <clears throat> so the water was just rushing. Like all down the stream. It was just this insane amount of water. And it was deep. And God told Joshua, follow the priests as they go over. So the priests were probably a little bit scared. As they were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, which is God's presence, they put their foot in. And as soon as they put their foot in, it split on both sides. And the priests were standing in the middle of the Jordan River at flood stage with water on each side of them. On each side of them was these huge walls of water. And they're standing there. And then the priests are like, hey, all Israel, come on, let's roll. So thousands of people start to cross over as there's these huge walls of water on each side. And they all cross over. And the priests, they stand there. And God's like, okay, let's make this a little bit more interesting. Send 12 people back in to grab a rock or a stone. Okay, that's what's happening right here. He says, hey, take 12 stones. And they each grab a stone and they take them. And he says, put them where the place you're staying tonight. And in the Bible, when it says this word stone, it actually means to make a mason building. Well, building's not the right word. A mason statue. Like to do masonry work and build up these, these rocks, these stones, to where they will stay. And that's what they do, and they put them together. And God says, this will be to remember every time you see these rocks of what I did for you and how I brought you out of the wilderness and across the Jordan River to this place where I will give you this land to possess. This will all be yours. Next week, we're going to see a little bit more. So they're standing there with the stones and each tribe gets a stone. They put it there and every time they see it, they'll remember what God did. They'll remember how God moved. Every time a grandpa walks by there with his grandsons, they'll be like, hey, look at these stones. This is where God brought us into this land. This is where God did this. This is where God split this sea in half, this Jordan River in half, so we could walk right across it and none of us even got wet. This will be the place where we remember God's power. We remember God's grace and we remember God's mercy. When they brought Joshua and the Israelites and the priests into the land that God had promised them from the beginning. How awesome is that? See, I want to talk about this story because I think that our stories, the things that we remember, the things that we tell represent who we are. And they represent our stones. So we all have stones in our life. These things that we hold on to as a remembrance. Maybe they're how God has done something good for you. Maybe they're how your mom has done something good for you. Or some of us hold on to these stones that weigh us down. These stones that just continue to pull us down. 
These stones of bad memories, these stones of bad mistakes, or these, these stones of bad decisions. And we hold on to those stones. And every time we walk, we feel like we're getting nowhere because we got these bad stones attached to us. See, but the good stones don't do that. See, the good stones push us in the right direction. The good stones, when we see them, we're like, man, look what God did. I can continue on. Look what God moved. Look how God did that. Look what God took an impossible situation and made it just like an everyday situation. That's what God wanted those stones to represent. That's what God wanted those stones to represent. But for us, I think we remember the bad stones more than we do the good stones. Right? Like, do you ever tell people about the good stuff you've done? Most of us are probably like, no. I mostly tell people about the bad stuff that's happening to me. Right? Like, you all got grandpas. Do you guys all have grandpas who tell you crazy stories all the time? Okay, my grandpa was a pimp in downtown Cincinnati. So when he would tell me stories, they would be pretty cool. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh man, this is the hundredth time I'm hearing about how you were, uh, grew up in a town and it snowed three times a day and you had to walk uphill both ways and you didn't have shoes and all that stuff. No, he was like, yeah, I was downtown Cincinnati and someone pulled out a gun and tried to shoot me and somehow the bullet went around me. Or he was like, one time I was in a motorcycle gang and I can't tell you guys that story. But he would tell me stories like that. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, these are crazy. I was like, oh man, what have you been into? And he would just go, and he would laugh. And when my grandpa got old, I don't know what happened to that dude. But I guess he still thought he was super skinny. So he would wear shirts that were too little. And like you could, every time he like raised up, you'd see the bottom half of his belly. And this is a dude who used to be the hardest guy you could ever meet in your life. Now he had no teeth and would sit there with these shirts rolling up his own cigarettes. And every time he laughed, his belly would just jiggle. It was the funniest thing in the entire world. And his shirt wasn't covering it, so it was hilarious. But that was my grandpa, right? That was my grandpa. He was a great guy after he accepted Jesus. And he did accept Jesus before he passed away. But that was my grandpa. And like we all have those stories to remember. And so when my grandpa, before he became a Christian, all I heard about was these bad things. Right? These bad things. So my grandpa obviously really valued all those bad things. Or maybe you played high school basketball or high school football or high school baseball or whatever. And since you played that, everybody knows that you played it. Because your stories represent that. You're like, man, when I was in high school, we went to the state championship and this happened. I remember how many Taylor. Okay, go ask him any stat ever from basketball in high school. He remembers how many points he had. He remembers specific games. Sometimes I walk in the living room, he's watching the tapes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that was important to him. That was a great time in his life. But he remembers it and he holds on to it. That's a great thing. You should hold on to those good things. But sometimes that comes out that that's what you value the most. And I know Taylor doesn't value that the most because he loves Jesus more than else but if you just look at the way that people tell stories you begin to learn what they value right like you begin to hear what they like and just listening to people when they have conversations with you you begin to see what they value see I talk to some people and all that they talk about is themselves okay that's really cool I had a four hour conversation with a guy it was just about himself and I was like this is great like I love getting to know you but I know too much about you now like, I feel like I am you. But when he tells me that, I begin to realize, what does this guy value? Well, he values himself. I need to help him learn that there's something that's more valuable than himself. 
You know what I mean? Or when I talk to some people, they tell me about their past relationships and how they've gone wrong. And they have this one past relationship even where it's like, this is what has messed up everything to hear. Well, I see that you still value that person you were in a past relationship with. See, the stories that we tell display what we value. When we look at Paul from the Bible, we see his stories are stories of God's church doing amazing things. He writes letters to churches and he's like, hey, this church did this. How awesome is that? Or we're hearing about you everywhere. Or this people, they, they got into some sin, but God raised them up and brought them out. Or when we think about Moses, all Moses' stories were scripture. Dude wrote five books of the Bible, right? Like we see that he valued God. And when I tell stories like I did at the beginning, I'm hoping that you guys see that that's God's brilliance and God's magnificence on display for us to see. I had another story like that this week. I was driving down my uh, road and I pulled out of my neighborhood and uh, I live in a really weird place. Like there's a Dollar General right here and then there's a bunch of houses. It's weird, right? So I pull out of here and there's this guy walking down the street and I had seen him before and I stopped and I was like, hey, and he was like, like he got scared. I was like, hey, my name's Ricky. God told me to stop and talk to you. And he was like this. He's like, should I run? Or should I continue to speak with this fellow? I was like, where are you going? He was like, well, I'm going to go to, uh, it's called Second Chance, and I'm going to go get some used shoes. Because he was like, these ones don't fit. And he was 63 years old. He was like, these shoes don't fit, and they hurt my feet really bad. And I was like, oh, cool. I was like, can I buy you some new shoes? And he was like, what, what do you mean new shoes? I was like, like, I take you to the store, and I buy you a pair of shoes, and you leave with new ones. And he was like, but I can go get you shoes. I was like, yeah, but they hurt your feet. Why don't I go get you some new shoes? He was like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, like, hop in my van. He was like. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, okay. And uh, he got in. I was like, well, let me move all these toys. <laughs> and so we were talking and we were going. And we went, we went going to a coffee shop. I was like, hey, you want some coffee? He was like, you mean coffee? I was like, yeah, do you want some coffee? He was like, you're going to buy me coffee? I was like, yeah, it's fine, man. I was like, yeah, I want to buy you some coffee. And I was like, what kind of coffee do you like? He was like, cream and sugar. I was like, you want a latte or anything? He was like, you mean cream and sugar? I was like, okay. He just wants cream and sugar. <laughs> and some coffee. And he was like, what are these? I was like, those are, I don't know. Maybe they're biscuits. And he, I was like, what are those? And they were like biscuits. And I was like, do you want a biscuit? He was like, yeah. I was like, okay, hook him up with a biscuit. And we sat down. And then we were hanging out, we were talking, and I was like, yeah, where are you from? And he told me he rents this little house, and he's got a bunch of cats, and he's like, I don't like that they, he's got 12 cats. And he's like, I don't like that they live inside, but they do. <laughs> and he was like, don't take my landlord likes that they live inside either. <laughs> like, that's what he did. <laughs> and then he spit a bunch of biscuit at me. And uh, so we were talking, and we were having a good conversation, and I was like, okay, let's go get you some shoes. So we jumped in the car, and we're driving, and it was 9 o'clock in the morning, and believe it or not, there's no stupid shoe store open at nine o'clock in the morning not one shoe store i went to marshall's opens at 10 so i was looking around the hillcrest place and i was like oh there's ross maybe they have shoes so i was like you want to check it out he was like yeah let's do it so we went over there and i was like well here's some shoes i was like what size do you wear he was like 10 okay he was like but i usually wear a 10 and a half sometimes i was like okay so he picks out a pair of 11 and a halfs and I was like, are those too big? He was like, no, they feel good. He was like, I just got to work them in. And I was like, okay, cool. So we got in the car again, and I bought him a shirt too because his shirt had rips in it. I spent 48 bucks. 48 bucks, and I made this dude's day, right? 
And so I got in the car and I told him, I was like, man, I'm happy I can give you these shoes, but what I really want to tell you is that Jesus loves you. I was like, I'm from a church, and like we do all this cool stuff for the community, and it's not us that's doing it, but it's God. And he was like, yeah, God's a good dude, Danny. And I was like, yeah, Jesus is awesome. And he was like, yeah, God's a good dude. He's helped me out a lot. And then I was like, man, that's awesome. I was, and I shared the gospel with him a little bit, and then he was telling me, he's like, I used to be a hobo. He's like, I used to hop trains. I was like, whoa, let's not graze over this. Let's get into this conversation. <laughs> you used to ride on trains like in the movies. He was like, yeah. He was like, I rode all the way from Arkansas to California on trains for free because I'd hop them. I was like, well, that's awesome. He was like, when I got to California, I was like, I didn't have to pay a handle. They just gave me money. I was like, okay. And uh, I was like, that's awesome, man. I was like, money's good. Like, money helps you get the things that you need. And he was like, yeah, it is. And I was like, well, have you ever thought about asking Jesus to provide for you? He was like, well, how can I talk to him? I was like, well, you just pray to him, man. Like, you just say, and he'll, he'll provide. I was like, at one point, you've probably prayed for somebody to help you out. And I was like, and then I come rolling down the road, scaring the crap out of you on the side of the road. And I'm like, hey, man, get in my van. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I've never thought about it like that. And so I got him his shoes, and uh, I took him to Dollar General. He's like, okay, I'm going to go buy some beer and some cigarettes now. I was like, okay, awesome, man. Uh, I was like, I can't buy it for you. Because I have this rule that I can't buy people cigarettes or beer. I feel really bad about that rule, but I just can't do it. I don't feel good about it. So I was like, I can't buy you beer or cigarettes. He's like, that's okay. He's like, I got my backpack. I'm going to throw my beers in here. I'm going to throw my cigarettes in here. I'm going to walk the house. I'm going to feed the cats. I was like, awesome. I was like, Jesus loves you. And then he gave me his address. He was like, stop by sometime. I was like, you better believe it, sister. I was like, I'm going to be there. So... <laughs> So I, I ended that conversation, but like that's an amazing story of God's glory that I never would have got to experience if I didn't have my eyes open to some man. Now, I've passed him before, and I was like, this dude looks really dirty. I was like, he's got a backpack. He could be a crazy man. He was a little crazy, but I was talking to him, and he stunk. He smelled bad. He has 12 cats that live in his house, but I was like, man, I love you more than you smell. Right? Like, I love you more than what you look like. I love you because you're valuable, and you're valuable because God loves you. See, I tell you guys that story, not to brag on me, I tell you that story because how could is God that He presented somebody to me that I could love and tell Him that Jesus loved Him? And it cost me $48. And I think about $48, man, what do I spend $48 on? Well, everything's stupid. Everything's stupid. I got a Nintendo Switch a couple weeks ago. I didn't need it, but I got a good deal on it. And then I bought this game called Civilization, and it's where you build these places. And I played it for three hours, and I was like, how stupid was it that I spent $48 on this? I was like, I could have, I shared love with this guy. I gave this guy shoes to where he could walk, to where the 63-year-old man could walk now because he has shoes that actually fit. And I told him that there's a greater value that Jesus loves him. How worth it is that? How good is that? How, how many stories do you guys have like that? That's the stories we should be telling. That's the stories we should be sharing. That's the stories we should be setting on display of how good God is. But the fact is, we have so much heavy stones on us that are just bad things that we can never get to the good things because we're so weighed down. See, we let our stones make us think we're not good enough. 
Or we let our stones make us think that we don't have the right words to say to somebody like that. Or we let our stones make us feel like we're inferior to even be loved. So how can we love somebody else? See, I have come to believe that the reason that we don't share the stories of God's glory is because we're too scared because we don't really feel like we're loved. See, when I go up to someone and I meet them for the first time, I'm usually like, hey, my name's Ricky. I used to be a drug dealer. Why do I do that? Because I want to share with them how good God is. I want to share with them that I used to be a drug dealer, but now I'm loved. I want to share with them that I used to be a drug dealer, but now I know Jesus. I want to share with them that I used to be this, but look at me now. Look at God's glory. Look at Jesus' mercy. Look at Jesus' grace. Look how good he is. When's the last time you shared how you came to know Jesus with somebody? Often I talk to people and they're like, well, I can't share about Jesus because I don't even know the Bible. And I'm like, that's okay. You're a living representation of the gospel by the way that you came to know God. If you have a story when you were at BBS when you were six years old, if you have a story when you were 13, when you were 20 years old, whatever the case may be, if God came into your life and blew up, then tell them about that. Be like, man, I was this and now I'm this. Be like, God came into my life and he transformed everything about me. Or God came into my life and he really slowly worked. Or one day someone just told me that Jesus loved me and it began to spark inside of me something and I had to find out more. Everybody's got a different story. But let me tell you something. God receives the most glory from every story. Tell people about how you came to know the Lord. And what you'll do is you'll show them that you value God. And when you value God, that's what will come out of your mouth. When you value God, you begin to break down the stones that hold you down and you begin to build up these monuments of God's glory where you say, hey, look at that stone. That's when God did this for me. Or you say, I get tattoos sometimes to tell people about like what God has done for me, right? So I have this tree. In this tree, I got it just because it starts conversations. Because people are like, hey, what does your tattoos mean? And I'm like, well, this tattoo is for my kids. This tattoo is... Me being taken from death to life, I was so empty and I was so broken and I didn't have a good root and there was nothing that could be produced inside of me. But then I came to know God and God said, hey, I'm going to produce fruit. And God said, hey, I'm going to produce leaves and I'm going to make you plentiful and I'm going to make you flourish. You won't look like death anymore. You'll look like life. And he said, you used to be a drug dealer and you used to hurt people. Well, let me show you what you can be. Let me show you the effect that you can have just because I gave you that story. See, my stones used to weigh me down because I used to believe that nobody loved me. My stones used to weigh me down because I would let people tell me that I wasn't good enough. My stones used to weigh me down because I believed that the past mistakes that I had made were me. But then I realized my past mistakes were for a purpose and that God was using them to bring life. I began to realize that if I changed my stones then I wouldn't have the stories of God's glory. See, you have those stones. Stop letting them weigh you down and start building up monuments. Stop letting them hold you back and start building up monuments. And every time you pass it, be like, man, look what God did. Look what God did. Let it replace your high school days when you're like, man, in high school I was this. Or in college I was this. Or when I was this, I was this, and I was that, and all this stuff. Start walking by me. Look what God did when I was 26 years old. Look what God did by providing me a child. Look what God did by giving me this car. Look what God did by having my car paid for. Man, what if we just told people what God did instead of who we used to be? 
And what if we told people what God did instead of letting our stones hold us back to the point where we never even speak? God loves you. Jesus loves you. Tell the stories of his grace. Tell the stories of his mercy. Be like the Israelites. See, the Israelites told these stories and are still telling these stories. The coolest thing about the Bible is a lot of this wasn't even written down forever. And you'll be like, well, if it was passed down orally for all that time, then how is it accurate? Well, because God's pretty cool and because his spirit's pretty strong and because he preserves his word. But this was passed down orally for so many years. So before, when people would sit with their kids, they'd be like, hey, let me tell you a story. Let me tell you how the world was created. See, God was God, and he said, let there be light, and then there was light. Well, let me tell you this story about your great, 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 great grandpa named Joseph. And how he was sold into slavery, but God brought him out to lead Egypt. Or he said, let me tell you about this story of this dude named Samson who was like, here's a jawbone. I'm going to kill 12,000 people with it. Like, how cool is that? Y'all didn't know that was in the Bible, did you? Or did you know that there was this guy and he was left-handed so nobody knew he had a knife? So he walked in and he killed this king. And the king was so fat that it just kept going. Right, and then the king died. And you're like, man, that's not a good story. He killed somebody. Read this story. I'm not going to tell you what happened. Read the story. Or did you know that there was this woman who lived in the walls of Jericho and she was a prostitute? And God brought her in to community. God said, I still love you. Or when Jesus was standing with these Pharisees and these Sadducees and they brought this woman before him. And he said, this is a prostitute. Let's stone her. And Jesus was like, let's slow this conversation down. And Jesus bent down and he started writing this stuff in the sand. Then everybody started to leave, right? Everybody started to get out of there. And then they start dropping their stones. And Jesus stands up and he's like, where did everybody go? And she's like, they left. He's like, well, they didn't cast the first stone, nor should I. I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. What? What? Jesus took this woman who had no name, who people called her prostitute, and he said, go. Like, let's get to moving. Let's go tell people about what I did for you. Go tell people about how good I am. Did you know that was in the Bible? Or did you know that one time there was a dude named Paul, and he was teaching up in this tall house, right? He was teaching. And this mug, he's not like me, okay? He taught for like 12 hours straight. And so a dude fell asleep in the window. Because he had been preaching all night long. And he fell out the window. And he died. And they rushed down. They're like, oh crap, Paul, what are you doing? You talked him to death. And they ran down. And they see him lying there. And Paul said, he's not dead. What? He got up and he was alive. Did you guys know that was in the Bible? Look at all the stories of God's glory that's in the Bible that we don't even know about. But the reason that we got them is because people decided that telling stories was really cool. The reason that we got them is because people kept what God had done for them and they wanted to share it. Now here's what happens if you don't share the stories of God's glory. People forget about them. People forget about them. See, a lot of the Israelites forgot the stories. They forgot what God had done and they forgot who God was. 
God was always there. God was always calling. But they said, well, I like this just a little bit better, God. They were like, these stones make me feel a little bit sweeter, God. They were like, these stones, they, they bring me happiness. They make me feel like I'm together. They make me feel like I have somebody with me. And they forgot about what God had done at the Jordan River. And the generations went, and the generations went, and these people became further and further away from God because they didn't know that God had done amazing things. And they would get into trouble. And then they would be like, well, there's this dude named God, I think. We have like a Bible that sits around, and there's some stuff in here, and a lot of it's really boring. A lot of it's just about these names. And a lot of it is just about how kings got rich. And a lot of it might be about this made-up dude. And they were like, but what if we cry out to him for him to help us? What if that works? I even make a deal with him. I'll be like, God, if you help me out and you save me right now, then I will never do X, Y, and Z again. And then God does it. He's like, well, God, that was, I was just playing a little bit. You know, but once you pick up the word and you start to read, you start to feel that Jesus is here. You start to see the ways that God has moved. You start to see that there is a God and he's done great things in the past. And he wants to do great things in your life right now. And he wants greatness for your future. You start to see that God has done amazing things. You start to read the stories of his glory. And you start to forget that you ever forgot who he was. We have to share his stories. When we have kids, we have to share what he's done in our lives. How many of you have kids? How many of you ever shared about something God has done in your life with them? How many of us have prayed with our kids? I've been guilty of not doing it. Like I, I've started going in there with Ellie at nap time before she goes to bed. And Sarah puts her to bed most of the time. But when I do, I pray with her. And I say something simple. I'm like, dear Lord, thank you for this. Ellie, help her to sleep good. In Jesus' name, amen. Because she's two. But if I start sharing with her now. And I'm going to share with her about how God took me from death to life. And I'm going to share with her about the stories of God bringing us from Ohio to South Carolina and us having no money. And God saying, okay, let me help you out. Let me provide for you. You don't know where your rent money's going to come? Let me pay a year's worth in advance. You're reaching my people. You're living for me. Let me take care of you. And I've had some messed up times here. Everything has not been good. But I even tell those stories of where they haven't been good because that shows that God is still with me. And that shows that God is even with me in the bad times. Because some of you are like, well, I want to tell these stories, but I just feel like God isn't with me. Well, when's the last time you read about it? When's the last time someone told you a story about it? When's the last time you got involved with God? When you said, God, I'm ready. I'm tired of being the Lord of my own life. Let you be the Lord of my life. Teach me. Show me that you're here. Show me your glory, right? See, but if we don't have people around us telling the story, sometimes it's easy to get discouraged. You don't have people being like, man, look how God moved. Look how God moved. See, I, don't, I didn't really have a dad. My dad was, he, he drank a lot, like he was around sometimes, but he drank a lot, he was on drugs, he would overdose all the time, and all this stuff. And so I never really had a dad. And I never really had a mom either. Like my mom loved me, I knew, but she was just on drugs so bad that she would be so distant from me and she would just want to take from me. And so when I became a Christian, I was like, okay, who are going to be the people who be a mom and dad to me? And I started praying for it. Right? I was like, God, show me people who I can learn from. 
and God provided two people here in South Carolina, right? And then I moved from South Carolina back to Ohio, and then God provided two people in Ohio. And they started to teach me what it meant to be a godly father, what it meant to be a godly mother. But I started to realize that God was using these people's stories to be a mother and a father for me. That God was teaching me what it really looked like, so I didn't have to be like, well, this is what my dad did. I should probably do it. Because if I did what my dad did, I would just drink. Or this is what my mom did, and I should probably do it. No, I learned that God the Father used godly people to be a dad and a mom to me. I learned that I can tell that story to you guys now so that you guys can see that if you don't have somebody, somebody will be provided for you. And then I was at this one church when I first became a Christian. And they would make me go to Sunday school, and I'd be like, this sucks. I was like, this is so boring. Then I went to another church, and they said, go to the young adults Sunday school. So I did. Everybody was over 50 in the young adults Sunday school. I was like, these people don't relate to me. And so I searched and I searched and I never found one. <laughs> I never found any young adults. And then I started small groups and I just brought my young adults together. Me and Sarah were like, man, we have community now. We have small groups that we can go to. And people are our age and they understand what we're going through. And we have older people in there too, but it's not just older people. It's a mixture. So we can actually understand what we're, what we're going through, but we can have some wisdom from these people who have already been through it. How good is that? I get to tell people that now. I have people my own age, but I have older people too who tell me what I'm going to go through. How awesome is that? See, God's glory, God's story. Maybe you have somebody in your life who has been a God to you, who has been like God to you or like Jesus to you. Where they came alongside you and they'd be like, hey, let me share with you what Jesus did in my life. Or they're like, hey, let me share with you how the gospel really plays out. Or let me share with you how I came to know Jesus. Or you're struggling with this, let me share with you how I got through that. So maybe you got stories like that. Do you guys tell people those stories? Do you guys tell people how you came to know the Lord? Do you guys tell people the ways that God has provided for you? Or do you tell them about your past mistakes only? Or do you tell them about yourself only? Or do you only tell them about your high school football days, or your high school basketball days, or your high school drama days, where you were in plays or whatever? Like, what continually comes up? Or do you only talk about your kids, like me? But I talk about my kids in context of, man, look what God did for me. My little girl did this. Man, I'm so glad God gave her to me. Like, how are our stories representing who we are as Christians? See, because if you have a relationship with Jesus, then everything that you do should be part of that relationship. Because if you have a husband or wife, pretty much everything you do is centered around them, right? See, Jesus is the same thing. When we have Jesus, when we're following Jesus, stuff that is produced from our life should reflect Jesus. Just like Joshua. Every time they walked by that monument, they were like, oh, look what God, remember that time he split that river? There was a river there, and then there wasn't. Remember that time that God woke this guy from the dead after he fell out a window? Somebody told me this one story once. They were in this remote village in Africa. Okay, imagine a remote village in Africa. He was like, I was living with this tribe. A tribe. And he was like, I learned how their language. It took me months to learn their language. It was basically some clicks of your tongue. I was like, whoa, I can't even learn sign language. And uh, 
He was telling, he was like, we were in the village and it was me and one other guy and we got to know everybody. And then we started sharing with people Jesus. And then the chief died. And when the chief died, everybody got pretty mad at us. Because they said the chief died because we brought God here and God wasn't real. So our real God was getting angry. And they were like, they were forcing us out. They have spheres. They're serious. And he's like, but the chief was a good friend of ours. So we went to pay our respects. We walked in. Everybody was looking at us. What are these guys doing here? These guys who killed our chief. These guys who brought this evil here. And they go over to the chief. And they touch him. He had been dead for three days. And their mourning period is seven days. So they leave the dead body in the house for seven days. And the wife is there and she's crying. And they put his hands on him and they start to pray on him. Okay? And then this dude starts to cough. And then he wakes up. He sits up and he wakes up. He is alive. This ain't like Jesus, because this dude didn't save the world. But this dude woke up and he was alive. And after he woke up, they shared Jesus with him. And then the whole tribe came to know Jesus. The whole entire tribe. And you guys don't know the person who told me that story. It's from a book. I don't know the person who told me that story. How cool is it that I get to share that story? Because of God's glory. And I know it's 100% true. Because it's a bio- biographical account of somebody's life. It's been tested. It's been proven. How cool is it that I get to share that with you? That God can bring the dead back, the dead alive. That God can move in such a way. That God can take a remote tribe in Africa who have never heard about no Jesus, who have never heard about no love, who are trying to appease these other gods, and he can say, hey, look what I can do. Oh my gosh, like how good is that? How cool is that? What are your stories reflecting when you go to have coffee with somebody? What are your stories reflecting when you see somebody on the side of the street? See, here's the deal. You've got to let down your old broken stones, the stones that weigh you down. Just put them down right here, and when you walk by them, be like, man, these are the stones that don't mean nothing. These are the stones I want to talk about. People try to define me by this stone or that stone, or people called me this word in high school, or people said I was like this, or people at my job say this, or I made this mistake. Well, forget about those stones. Leave those over there. Those can rock, okay? Throw them in the lake. Throw them wherever you want to do. And then look at these stones where you say, hey, and then God came into my life. And he showed me that I was a child. He showed me that I was no longer this broken person. That I was no longer defined by my mistakes. That if I didn't have parents, it didn't matter. Because God was going to provide me new ones. That God was going to take care of me. That God was going to move. And God was going to lead me through a river that was at flood stage. But he was going to split it right in half. And so you forget about this. You can still say, be like, yeah, this is who I used to be. But God brought me from that and look at his glory. This is not who I am. This is who I used to be. Now who I am is a child. Now I who I am is a son and a daughter of the utmost high, the Lord God, Jesus Christ, who loved me so much that he came from heaven and he died for me. Even while I was a sinner, even while I was disobedient, even while I chose myself, God said, I still love you more than anything else in the world. So here's my son. He's going to die for you. Then three days later, he's going to come back and he's going to take the sin of the world with him. And now all we have to do is trust in him, have a relationship with him. And we have eternity with him. We get to walk with him. We get to love with him. 
We get to be with him. We're no longer defined by who we used to be, but we're now only defined by Jesus. We're no longer our high school days. We're no longer our college days. We're no longer yesterday. We're just walking with Jesus. How good is that? How good is that? I've shared with you all my stones today. I've shared with you all my stories. Who are you going to go share your stories with God's glory with? Who are you going to change? How are you going to change somebody's life tomorrow when you walk out that door? John took, had me take a picture. I asked John if I could take a picture of him holding the shoes. Because I wanted to share with people how good God is. And he said, yeah. And you tell your shirts that my name was John. And you tell them about how I was a hobo. And you tell them about how Jesus is a good dude. Those were his words, not mine. John Rankin was his name. And I was like, John, you got it. I'm going to share with him how awesome God is. I'm going to share with him how good of a dude you were. And now even though you've been homeless, you've been a hobo, you smell bad, all those things. I'm going to share with him that God sees a value in you that is greater than any person that he has ever seen. That God sees a value in you that you are so loved and you are so worth it that he died on the cross for you. That God sees you and he doesn't see stinky and he doesn't see shoeless and he doesn't see 63 year old drunk. But he sees son of the one true God. How awesome is that? See, John is loved, and that's the only thing we can define him by. You are loved. That's the only thing you can be defined by. You walk in the presence of the Father, and the Father will bless you in ways you've never imagined. There'll be times when you feel like you can't make it, but hey, trust in the Father, and he'll do it, and he'll share with you that story of his glory, and he'll, he'll 